0: This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all.
1: Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer!
0: And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. It's a beautiful day for a ball game. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB.
1: Ball. I didn't know they still had a team. That's
0: baseball. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey all welcome to another episode of the Touch Em All podcast. I am Phil Mackey. Uh, that guy over there eating kale with no dressing is Derek Wetmore. Hi. And um, you can find our podcast in a million different places, 15hardiespn.com, Podcast One, iTunes. I'm guessing you're listening on one of those platforms right now. But we ask you before we continue on with this episode to give us a five-star rating or maybe like a four if you, if you kind of like us but not really. We won't continue on with this episode until you give us a four or a five-star rating. Okay,
1: And if you don't like kale, then I don't know. I don't know where that leaves us. Probably three stars. Then you can stop listening, I guess. (laughs)
0: Uh, So thank you for uh, your listenership. You were at the Derek Falvey and Thad Levine introductory press conference. I listened to it and watched it from the radio studio, at least the first half hour of it. But you were privy to more behind the scenes conversations than I was. Let me throw this at you. Let's kick it off with this. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. I think this is the smartest hire the Twins have made, the tandem hire of these two guys, in the 30 years I've been following this franchise. Not because I'm certain it'll pan out for sure. In fact, maybe it turns out to be a David Kahn situation, and we're all laughing about the use of the word bifurcate when it's all over, and we're roasting marshmallows marshmallows over the smoldering fire. So it may or may not pan out, but regardless of the result, I think it's a brilliant hire because it's the first time in 30 years The Twins have brought in smart, well-respected minds from outside the organization to fill key roles in their baseball operations department
1: slash cabinet. Let me poke two holes in your argument just for the sake of poking holes in your argument. The first is that I would argue... That it's a results business and that it does matter. It absolutely matters how it pans out. Like I get your whole thing about process being more important than results, and I totally subscribe to that theory. But like, if it turns out that 33-year-old Derek Falvey's in over his head as an executive and Thad Levine's not able to take over and steer the ship, then that was a bad hire. It doesn't matter if the process was good. Secondly. I would argue that Terry Ryan was a very good hire. It worked out wonderfully, and then it was a problem that you didn't fire him. Like you the mean problem, the,
0: you mean the the first time around
1: when they Terry was,
0: but you are saying in the nineties or, okay, or five years ago. Keep
1: in mind, nineteen nineties era Twins baseball was not really like in the spirit of competitiveness. They were just like, okay, run out of roster and don't spend any money. But in the two thousands and moving into Target Field. I would argue that Terry Ryan was a very good executive. Now, their mistake was in not parting ways and not figuring out how to adapt and change, but to say that this is the most successful, that I just introduce that as maybe a devil's advocate argument. Okay.
0: Well, no, I'm not I'm certainly not saying that they've that their results have been train wrecky for that entire period. In fact, in the 25-30 year period I'm listing, they won two World Series. So, yes, what what they've done has has hasn't always led to 90 losses or 100 losses. But they have been, more than just about any franchise, so scared to go outside the comfort zones of their own pipeline and to look at what other organizations might be doing by bringing in outside help. And I don't know. And I don't really know if that's if that was the loyalty culture or if there was some sort of protective uh, layer over the leadership in that front office or or ownership or maybe it was timidity but the reason oh, I say timidity, work. you like yeah. that? I mean, they used a lot of big words in the press conference yesterday, so I figured I'd throw a few, a few out there timidity, myself. Timidity that deserves an iTunes review. <laughs> timidity, t can I even yeah. spell that? <laughs> Could t- you use that in a sentence? <laughs> but like, here's an example of the twins resisting change yeah. or resisting new thinking or stiff arming what other teams are doing and sort of poo-pooing it uh, in in the last few years. I did a radio interview with Terry Ryan, I think it was three off-seasons ago. So he was still relatively new in his second stint as GM. Okay. And the team was sort of in rebuild mode, but was was still trying to win and then failing when they would eventually put together their roster. And I said, Terry, analytics wave, it's rampant throughout baseball. How do you view the Twins' efforts in that area compared to the other 29 teams? I mean, do you feel like you're behind the times in certain areas where other teams like the Red Sox and the Rays and the A's have been, maybe been thriving and, and winning extra games. And he was, A, very dismissive, which, I mean, for the most part, I think Terry is a, a reasonable, level-headed guy. But he does have a touch, and Ron Gardenhire used to as well, of, well, I know what I'm talking about. And, oh, yeah. And you guys don't. I ran into that a couple of times. For sure. And Terry said, well, we do have an analytics department, Phil. It's called our 27 Scouts, who look at every piece of information you could ever imagine. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's such a stubborn red flag thing to say because not only do every other team in baseball or does every other team in baseball have 20 or 25 foot soldier scouts, they also have these analytics departments. And so what I really liked about the press conference yesterday, among the 90% PR speak and all the other, like the weather jokes and things like that, was Falvey and Levine talking about the collaborative nature of their blueprint, the flat leadership structure they hope to implement, where – a bunch of different people in a bunch of different departments get to throw their opinion out equally, and then Falvey makes the final decision. And I really like that they talked a lot about blending scouting and statistics. And now you wrote a piece about that too on our website, 1590ESPN.com. But um, you know, maybe it turns out to all be BS, but the fact sure. that they took this shot maybe five years too late is the shot that they should be taking. So yeah. I, I- slow-clap because it was late, but I slow-clap
1: <laughs> for the twins for bringing these two guys on board. Yeah, I think that's a really smart process. I think anyone who's dug in their heels on either side of the scouting versus analytics argument is losing. You know, if you pick scouting, yes. you're losing, and if you pick analytics, you're losing. The smart people, the smartest people in the game, the Theo Epstein's, the Andrew Friedmans, the, you know, Farhan Zaidi's, the, the the people the Joe Madden, Terry Francona's up and down the list. I just listed off a bunch of people who are pretty universally well regarded. And neither of them uh, none of them, while maybe they have their background in one or the other, neither of them is turning up their nose at the other side of the fence. They're working collaboratively and um, man i don't I don't get why that word keeps getting made fun of so much like that's that is the ideal leadership structure uh collaboration. Get a bunch of smart people in the room with contrasting worldviews and differing opinions, and have them fight until they reach some sort of consensus. Mm-hmm. Well, if they can't reach a consensus, then Falvey makes his pick, and he's going to have to live or die by those decisions. But um, I really like the blending too. We 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 can talk about that. I mean, I wrote a whole column about how impressive that was. Um, there's another point too on your on your being afraid. Maybe is too strong of a word, but the reticence to go outside of the organization and and pluck. Smart people from different organizations. I think
0: insecure is a word I would sub in.
1: Okay. Subconscious insecurity instead of being afraid. That dovetails perfectly into the anecdote that I was just going to share. Because, okay, so when they hired Paul Molitor, what was the smart thing that they did? They went and they picked coaches high up on the field staff pecking order from other smart organizations. Was it Chip Hale with the A's at the time? Terry Lavella with the Red Sox? And they talked to these people. What are some ways that you guys can help get more out of a roster? Now they didn't ultimately hire Chip Hale, they didn't hire Tori Lovello, but they talked to people. Kevin Cash, did they talk to him for that didn't job? Both those guys wind up with the Diamondbacks. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Like as much of a dumpster fire as we think of the Diamondbacks, they've maybe done some smart things here too. Right. And 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 all organizations can do smart things and dumb things, and we shouldn't hang our hat on this is always a smarter organization. Um, but what I'll say is that. I think it was a smart process that led them to Paul Molitor. Now, if Paul Molitor won that job fair and square, then you know, good for them. They implemented a good process and they picked the guy that they think was most qualified. A "quote unquote" twinsy thing to do would have been, or at least this is the stereotype, right? Would have been to take Gardenhire staff, uh, you know, give Gardenhire an extension, fire him partway through next year or at the end of next year, or let him walk away on his own volition, and then hire one of his right-hand men to be the new manager, right? I mean, that that's kind of the perception yeah. out there uh, among our listeners, among our Twitter followers, among your radio listeners, that feel like the twins are just sort of stuck hiring internal candidates, and that's the only way they do it. Do you remember being at the Terry Ryan has been fired sort of press conference. I don't want to call it a press conference because it was a gathering and they didn't want cameras and it was just like 20 reporters. The lights
0: were off, the water was on. We lit a candle. It was very uncomfortable.
1: It was a weird vigil. Like, it was of, in a sauna actually. Kind of felt culty, yes. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, Joel Paulette, Jim Paulette, Dave St. Peter, and I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. That, no, those are those three, three. Three people at the front of the room and what? A dozen to 20 reporters, something like that. And I remember uh i i think i got there late so i was sitting like up near the front you know how the cool kids go to the back of class at the beginning of class or like you're the first one on the bus you go to the last row yeah. i i was like in the in the bus patrols seat because i i think i must have gotten there late because i was you, sitting aren't you sitting right next to dave st it was, peter it was me dave st peter and then jim Pollitt. so i was like spitting distance from jim Pollitt, not that either of us would spit on Man. the other but it was it was weird so i got a i got a front row seat quite by accident of the, like, the weird tension of the day. You know, they fired this guy they all dearly love, like, one of their best friends, not just professionally, but one of their best friends in life. I mean, you're working so many hours with these people throughout the course of a year, throughout the course of a season. I'd fire you in a heartbeat if I had that control. No question. And then care, the press dude. conference would get so weird, minute but this you'd be The podcast over
0: starts to dip for, like, yeah. four straight episodes. <laughs> it's me or you. You'd I'm throwing be, you under the bus. Absolutely,
1: man. And hey, this is—I've been told <laughs> this is a one-Derek town. And now that Falvey's been hired, I don't <laughs> like my chances. I think though the 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 tension thing that I want to point out, and, and the only reason I bring up that front row seat is because like you could kind of see the how uncomfortable it was for Jim in that moment how uncomfortable it was for Joe to be put on the spot I think how, Jim is always uncomfortable maybe and maybe that's don't just think his I've personality seen comfortable Jim yeah like well have you seen him after a game when he's been hanging out in his suite and a uh, couple bottles of yeah, wine yeah, maybe yeah. does he drink he strikes Seriously? me as a wine drinker I don't, I don't know. know he could be <laughs> I think we can just describe that to him and and actually uh Jim longtime subscriber of the touch mall podcast we're if we're wrong on that just let us know leave us an iTunes sure. review and uh correct us, straighten us out, straighten out the record. But so here's my point. It's a long winding way of making the point or the observation that I asked Jim, I said, you know, it strikes me that you guys often go inside for these kinds of hires. You're gonna have to replace a longtime friend and colleague now in Terry Ryan. Are you nervous that this is the you know, this is basically uncharted territory. Is that is that something that gives you anxiety i said for lack of a better term does that make you anxious and he said i I just always have anxiety he said you know frankly i would have expected him to spike it and give some sort of false bravado answer not him but i would expect a sports executive leader to do that i would have said no even if you're not confident right you tell everyone you're confident and they're like oh he's confident mark cuban could be the most insecure guy in the world but he doesn't look like it and so you don't give him that trait in your head You're like oh mark cuban's always got conviction man um Jim, I think much to his credit, like he let us in on the human side of a billionaire sports owner. He said, well, yeah, I'd say I'm nervous. This isn't something we've done before. This is it's new territory. And now, of course, fast forward, they hire a search firm to help them whittle down a list of candidates. And I think that's smart. But this wasn't an easy hire for them. This is the kind of thing that is basically uncharted territory. So to your point about being reticent to go outside of the organization, mm you know, good for them that they yeah. settled on two smart people from other smart organizations. Do you think the search firm or
0: the twins missed Thad Levine's availability and hired Derek Falvey not knowing that Thad Levine was even an option? And then Thad Levine is found by Derek Falvey, who who made it known to the media yesterday that he's had a list, you know, you keep a list if you have yeah. aspirations to lead a front office and you kind of have a list in your mind of people you'd like to work with. Because doesn't it strike you, after listening to both of them talk now, and this is not a slight on Falvey. I, you know, I think he's, he seems like a very sharp guy. But based on their experience, the difference in how long they've been around baseball, and, and Falvey's been around for probably a decade less than Thad Levine, based on how everyone raves about Thad Levine, he's already been the second guy in line in a, front, in a smart front office in Texas. And he's going to be answering to Derek Falvey. Hmm. I, I would almost say that before this process, if you put these two guys on a list, and said, which one's gonna lead the front office and which guy is gonna be the GM working underneath? Wouldn't you always say, Oh, Thad Levine would make total sense, right? To lead the front office and then young up and coming Derek Fowley would be the GM.
1: Huh. You know what? You saying that now is Literally the first time that thought crossed my mind. I don't know why I didn't think about that before. Doesn't
0: that make some sense? I'm not saying it's going to be a disaster or anything because it's structured the way that it is, but it it almost feels like, well, Thad Levine would be the one in line for the CBO job, and then
1: Falvey would be the GM. Well, and the way I look at it, too, is Falvey is being, I think he's being professionally courteous, but almost to a point of being deferential when he says that we're going to come to consensus decisions, because ultimately... The buck stops with him, right? I mean, let's say there's some dissension. He thinks strongly about a pitcher, and Thad Levine thinks strongly the other way, and the scouts are split. Like, sorry, Thad, smart opinion. I, I value you as a coworker, but this is my call. You know, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not introducing dissension before it actually exists. Is there a um, schism already in right, the right, yeah, front th- office? Was one of them worried about cutting uh, Wimmers from the forty man yesterday, or? Uh, I, I don't think that uh, this is going to be an off season of a lot of disagreement because I think they both know that they have miles to go before they sleep. Yeah, Thank they you. have.
0: They have two things on their checklist: uh, trade everyone and be bad for three years. You know, the third thing would be just pitching in all
1: caps. Yeah, man, I don't agree that they have to be bad for three years though. I don't think that the rebuilding process—and this has been a common theme. Um, certainly in my Twitter mentions and uh, I know from your radio show and stuff that like this is going to be it's going to get worse before it gets better and I don't agree with the
0: the question is how do they get pitching well
1: I think they're going to score
0: some runs over the next two years sure absolutely I don't know you're not going to go out and you're not going to sign a pitcher for six years 200 million dollars so as far as I'm concerned (laughs) free agency you, you did hit on Irvin Santan and that's good Free agency is very supplemental when it comes to your pitching Mm -hmm. staff. I'm not saying you can't get helpful pitchers, but you're not going to change the scope of this pitching staff through free agency. So trading or your own pipeline of young players, whether it's Jose Barrios or uh, a Cole Stewart or somebody, I guess, and maybe I'm wrong. I just see it as at least a two to three year process to get the necessary pitching in place to do anything but. Sort of flounder with yeah you know a, a seventy a seventy to eighty win team.
1: I mean, I think they'll probably be an also ran in twenty seventeen. They're not going to be a World Series contender. That's my hot take for the day. Should we put that as the headline of this <laughs> podcast? No, we don't want to spoil it. Wetmore, <laughs> Twins will not contend for World
0: Series you in two thousand. We don't want to give it away. Or maybe phrase it as a question: yeah. Will we'll, Twins contend right. for a World Series?
1: <laughs> Uh 7 16 minutes in the answer is no. <laughs> 7 reasons the Twins will not contend. Uh it's cuz they can't pitch. Um okay, so uh, look, I know that's not a hot take, but like to say it's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm making a semantical argument here. I'll 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 say that right off the bat. It's a semantical argument, but like how could it get worse? Hey guys, this is Justin Musil, Pro Baseball Scout. And Phil Mackey, Pro
0: Radio Guy. And we have the best baseball storytelling podcast on the market. That's right. It's not us telling the stories. It's Aaron Boone on coming from a baseball family and hitting one of the most famous home runs in the country. Jim Brower telling Barry Bonds stories. Find Hardball Society on iTunes, Podcast One, 1500ESPN.com, or HardballSociety.com. That's a lot of places. Yeah.
1: I think... Levine mentioned it yesterday. um, uh, I was talking to Levine sort of after the press conference. I'm just kind (laughs) of chatting or whatever. And there was – it was me and several other reporters. I'm trying to characterize his words correctly. Um, And I think he even said something to this effect in the press conference, to tell you the truth. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, Phil, but something about like, well, that's – 2016 season sort of represents the ground floor and that's that's my argument here is like how could it possibly get any worse people say you have to take a step backward to take a step forward and it's like no 2016 was your step backward to your point on pitching one way i could see it getting better and it's going to involve some luck just like anything in sports and life you set yourself up to succeed and sometimes you get lucky sometimes you don't if Phil Hughes is healthy in any semblance of his 2014 self, I know that's asking a lot, but like even if he's just like a league average pitcher, that's a big boost to the pitching staff. You suddenly get to cut off the bottom end of guys who probably shouldn't be pitching in the major leagues who are starting a handful of games. If Glenn Perkins stays healthy, which I know is a big if at this point, and if he returns to his form, which I think is also a big if considering how severe that surgery yeah. was— or how, how extensive it was, that's two things that like you don't have to actually do other than keeping some guys healthy, and that helps improve the pitching a lot. I got some other suggestions and stuff. We can dive into it on in another podcast episode another day, but like uh, when, when people say that they have to be worse before they can sort of take a step forward, I'll contend that 103 losses is about as bad as it's going to have to get. I think that you can make some of those trades. You can trade your... Sort of middle veteran position players for pitching right now and ostensibly take a step back on the field and really not suffer any meaningful losses, anything above and beyond what the terrible 2016 season already was.
0: So I'm going to, we can use this as a headline too for the podcast. I'm going to take the under if it's 103 and a half i'm taking the under for losses oh, this i'm season, mashing okay? the under twins will twins will win more than 57 I games i going to say they can win two, like at least <laughs> 60 games yes, this year yes it can be big uh i want to wrap up i want to actually wrap up with a sid hartman question
1: oh god i and i actually i have an anecdote that i want to share too so okay. hit me sid so sid sid jumps on the microphone at the press conference
0: yesterday and uh i'm paraphrasing his question but why do teams, why do all these teams hire players who these coaches or these these GMs who didn't play the game? Right, like why do guys like Andrew Friedman become GMs or presidents of baseball operations? And he mentioned A's and Rays and all these teams. And then he singled out Thad Levine and Derek Falvey, who, mind you, played low-level college baseball. Sure. Both those guys played. At least Division Three college baseball, they played the game, so they played a little. If you played like Division Three college baseball, you know, players will give you a little little fist bump, A little fist bump, not a bro hug, but. <laughs> little. Yeah. If you play minor league ball, you get you get the bro hug. Yeah, on you're you're the, in the club
1: on the order of yeah, greetings and uh, salutations. <laughs> it's a dap. Right. That's it. So here's my answer to to
0: Sid, who I believe is also a loyal subscriber to the Touch 'Em All podcast. Yeah,
1: he says he's been having problems with the recent episodes <laughs> downloading them. Sid, they're on iTunes. Uh,
0: what's that? Uh, can you get them on uh, a track? You would never hire field staffers who never played the game. I would never want my manager or my hitting coach to have never played baseball before. I don't want a guy just graduating from Yale and being my pitching coach, right? You would you want people on the field who can relate to the game of baseball. But putting together a macro vision and a big picture blueprint for an organization requires more skill sets than just being able to diagram a suicide squeeze or a, or a proper shift on a left-handed batter. And so with all the information to parse and all the different departments that exist right now that didn't exist in baseball 10, 15, 20 years ago, you need visionary types. You need guys who can really look at a big-picture idea, a blueprint, and implement that with really good, strong, smart communication, right? Put it this way. The two guys who founded Uber who are both worth over $6 billion – Never drove a taxi cab before they founded that company. Sure. And they're fine. And that company wound up being fine. Uh, Trog Keller, the godfather of ESPN Radio, which does like 70 million downloads a month. It's the largest sports radio network in the world. Never did a radio show before joining ESPN Radio as an executive. But he's the visionary. He went to school for psychology. Uh, He has a sales background. So... You don't need to bring in Casey Kasem to run a radio network, just like you don't need to bring in Sal, the New York cab driver, to launch a cab company, which is essentially what Uber, uh, you know, started off as. So I, you don't need a ball guy to run a front office. In fact, sometimes I think it helps to have outside thinking in terms of how you structure a department like that and how you organize your thoughts and your communication by having someone from outside. The grinded out
1: baseball culture. That's just, why, that's why these guys are getting hired. You just gave Sid's question way more credit than Falvey or Levine did. No,
0: I, but I don't think Sid's the only one that I know, asked that I question. Yeah,
1: that's why you bring it up. I get it. He's the figurehead. It's funny you're espousing that, but <laughs> I do want to point out something as we close this podcast that Thad Levine, and this isn't like this isn't some brilliant wisdom. I'm not, you know, coming down from Mount Sinai to tell you this, but. Thad Levine, low key, very funny guy. Watch for that. Okay. Watch over the next six to twelve months. Someday we're gonna be doing a podcast episode, maybe in Fort Myers from Spring Training, and you'll be like, you know, Thad Levine's kind of funny. Like, yep, yeah, I know. I told you after that first day, because here's right. the first time I knew. It happened he had like four wise cracks yesterday, and the one of them was just a home run. And that's when Sid asked the question. And Derek Falvey, who, by the way, I'm told sources close to the situation told me that both guys were prep, like prepped and prepared uh, by the. Uh, I suppose those are synonyms, but they were prepared for. Okay, here's kind of going to be the tenor of the questions, and this is what you guys should be ready for. And, and let's do a fake sk- interview. And this carbonate. is it. Okay. They did. A, it was like let's say it's a thirty or forty minute like briefing on the Minneapolis Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis Saint Paul media. 20 of those minutes were spent on Mr. Hartman. I, that, that's what a source close to the situation told that's me. That's amazing. So, could
0: you imagine rolling into that your first press con- you're from out of town. You're, you're in the Texas. Sid Hartman
1: press conference room by the
0: way too. But, but maybe you but, but maybe they forgot to brief you on Oh my gosh. Who the 96-year-old? That's a fireable offense. But could you imagine yeah. getting that question for the first time and not having any idea who Sid Hartman was? When you look around the room like am I being pranked right now? So,
1: at the time it, I, I didn't Ashton know. Kutcher? <laughs> where's the camera? Oh, they're all back there. Um, At the time, I did not know that they had been prepared for this, so it made it doubly funny. Falvey, 33, you know, bless him for uh, entertaining this question from a guy almost literally three times his age uh, who said, you know... You're right. There are a lot of people without a background. I mean, I did play some college baseball, but, like, here are the things that I think I can bring, and I'll certainly still have to work in collaboration with guys like Paul Molitor. I'm leaning on other smart baseball people to try to make these decisions, and it's going to be a group collaborative effort. That's why I think people with an economics degree from, you know, wherever, some fill-in-the-blank East Coast school can succeed leading a baseball front office. I think, Mr. Hartman, that's why we've seen more of that. And Thad kind of looks around the room, looks left, he looks right, and he leans forward at the microphone, looks Sid directly in the eyes. Sid can't hear him, by the way, so this was more for the rest of the room. And he says, well, first, let me just say that I'm as offended by you are that this is going on in baseball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Sid just sort
1: of, I'm sure moved on to his Sid stood up picked up his recorder and walked out of the room at that point he said I've got what I need my
0: favorite all-time Sid not listening or either didn't hear or wasn't listening story this is like 10 or 11 years ago in the twins clubhouse at the Metrodome and Kyle Loesch was still on the staff and Loesch had a start so after the game is over for people who you know a little behind the curtain here the media goes into the manager's office first in baseball talks to him after the game is over gets the quotes the interviews whatever and then they open the clubhouse for me to go and talk to players. Well, Sid wanted to bypass the manager portion and just go talk to Kyle Loesch. So he grabs one of the PR guys. They bring him in. and He can pretty much do whatever he wants. He said he can go in the cold tub if he wants to. He's Sid Harmon, right? <laughs> and so Kyle Loesch, so there's Sid with his recorder from 1983 or 1970-something. Yeah, I think you mean 1893. <laughs> <laughs> and he's standing next to Loesch with the, the Bob Barker microphone, and he starts asking the first question. Well, Loesch, being sarcastic and also knowing that Sid, A, doesn't hear very well and, B, has no interest in listening to your answer anyway sometimes, Sid will often kind of look around the room while you're answering his question and and then just wait for you to be done talking. So he's – so Sid asks the first question and uh, starts looking around the room. And so Loesch starts answering in just a non-sequitur form (laughs) using F-bombs and – well, Sid, uh, since I know you're not bleeping listening to my answer right now, anyways, I think you're uh, a bleep bleep. <laughs> oh, That's right, Sid. I think you're a bleep bleep, right? Uh, and you know, you're still looking around the room right now. He's kind of narrating what Sid's doing, and then that, then he stops talking. And Sid Sid hears that he stopped talking and turns back, asks a follow up, oh, no. not hearing the first <laughs> answer. <laughs>
1: Uh, he's oh, so a amazing. He is a legend.
0: Uh, good news for Touch Em All subscribers and listeners. This won't be the only episode this week. I don't know how long this is going to last, but we're going to give you two Touch em All episodes. So look for that on Podcast One and 1500ESPN.com and iTunes. It'll drop sometime in the, in the near future. And uh, also, I just thought of the Uber analogy. I think I basically just said in a roundabout way that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are going to sell the twins for like $12 billion. <laughs> Look for specially marked packaging and visit com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. Residents 17 Plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 23.